that and uh you know you have to was... drive you still drive to these gigs right well, I mean, not I just... you yeah, I had to take the subway to Jamaica, and then my partner picked me up. And it was just more like the roads weren't as bad as that time, that that other blizzard, where um, <laughs> where we got stuck in the road. And then we had to eventually have my partner and the bunny come stay with me in Queens that night because he couldn't drive home. And we yeah, never got to why, that party. That's why you took the bunny home, Anna. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. Anna. Yeah, anything mm-hmm. to get with the Bobo the Clown and get an Oreo <laughs> the the bunny in my apartment, you know? Let me interrupt <laughs> you. Welcome to Professional Friends, everybody. Yay! <laughs> That's Anna Tori, our resident traveling clown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not doing uh, next time I'm checking the weather before I accept these parties. That is definitely because you come rain or shine or blizzard. Parents don't care. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. That is that You're is like a the fact. post office. And that's mm-hmm. Carolina Hidalgo right there. I can uh, see her 11 in years, t-shirt. 11 years of soccer birthday parties. Oh, I know. Oh. I know. She knows yeah, my pain. Snow. Dressed as a clown? You had to dress as a clown also, Carolina? No, I was a soccer coach. But you know what? One time I did have to wear this like big puffy star thing and say, hey, I'm a soccer star. And then have people <laughs> like a lot of kids loved it and like kind of like drew closer to me. But then also some of them wanted to kick me. So, hey, yeah. 11 Stop years. Stop bragging. Hey, and that's <laughs> Calvin Cato straight from shoveling his driveway for the 47th time this month. I mean, it's so fun, you know, not as fun as kids, but, you know, it's a really <laughs> it's great a real time. It's a hoot and a nanny. Um, <laughs> Calvin, I, I tried I tried watching um, a lot of the black sitcoms you recommended to me. Um, mm-hmm. I have to be honest, though, I in my history of black sitcoms in the spirit of Black History Month, I literally got stuck on Girlfriends and watched nine episodes in a row. Yeah. Well, yay. Welcome aboard. It sucks you in. Like, because I I feel like I had started because all Girlfriends is on Netflix, as we know, which we've talked about many times before. Girlfriends, (laughs) girlfriends, girlfriends, girlfriends. But I initially was like, oh, I'm going to watch like two episodes a day. And then I think the first day I watched maybe like, eight of them <laughs> like in a it's row <laughs> so watchable it's so good oh my god you know it actually works better like i don't i feel like i'm at a place in my life where i can no longer watch like standard traditional sitcom formats and yet mm. something about girlfriends it's really more of a dramedy it's really more of a funny drama than it is like you know standard sitcom like a la those 90s sitcoms with the laugh track and the multi-camera format like a couple of the episodes were almost shot like dramas where they followed tracy ellis ross around with the single camera and i was like wow this is getting very like indie movie right but that wasn't until later so like i find i think sitcoms and i've kind of noted this like i was doing a little reading about like how like the black sitcom is evolved and like how basically because you know we live in America and America fucking sucks and they're like how do we cater to like a white family and forget that uh, there are many other people to cater to and <laughs> so what happens with girlfriends and a lot of any black sitcom they have to be like 
really geared to like be humorous right so like even though girlfriends could have easily been like on hbo and like dealt with like way and it already does deal with like heavy things they still had to like start off and be like ha we're four single crazy girls like with little one-liners and zingers until like you're in season eight and then like you know maya has a miscarriage and like joan's fiance has to go to like iraq and you're like whoa girlfriends and it's filmed a different way because they finally like got viewership in in this way that they're like oh this is surprising and you're like is it surprising like ah i totally agree and it's interesting too because the first season is so different from the later seasons in Mm -hmm. terms of like because the first season even has like tony talking to camera or sorry tracy Ellis ross's character talking to the camera you know like that saved by the bell kind of trick where they're like isn't that wacky guys or like this man is such a cad and it's it and i mean i was very glad that they dropped it for later seasons but like it is like it was such a you could tell that like they try to make this discuss so like formulaic like this is how saved by the bell does it or like this was like like early sex in the city used to do that where they would like cut straight to camera and like say a witty line about uh, another character instead of just being in the scene yeah now that's true and you know what I uh, I actually thought that their jokes were really lame in the first season and it gets better but it doesn't matter because their characters are so good I want to be Maya so bad <laughs> I want to be Maya I don't know how I don't think I can I don't think I, I, I can pull that off at all ever but uh but th- that's the thing. We all identify with one or more characters. And uh, I take Maya, I think. I think I took Maya. Or no, I took Lynn last time we spoke, right? Oh, yes. she evolved. Well, it's like, it's, you know, it's basically, this is the sad thing about everything, right? Like, I grew up and I definitely was not exposed. As- aside aside from, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Sister, Sister, Sister. Um, uh, Moesha, love sister. Classics, um, yeah. all classics. The show that we no longer talk about with a certain man that, you know, did certain things. <laughs> the the show? You don't have to keep yeah. going. You know, you can just trail <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Bill Schmosby? Schmo? You no, know, the Jeffersons. But I, I don't think in a person that was like a teenager was ex- exposed to the black community in any way, right? Like, it's like, Fresh Prince of Bel Air is still sort of skewed to a younger audience, and still like has, in its essence, sort of like here here's Will from West Philadelphia trying to fit in with his affluent family that's trying to fit in in this white neighborhood, and you're like, yeah. oh okay, and they're like, see white people, you can get on board, like you know the neighborhood, like <laughs> it's 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 really bizarre to me, and like in growing up, like. BET was like a station that I was like, oh, well, that's like uh, for black people. Like, that's not for me, Um, which is super embarrassing. Um, But like just my understanding of it was sort of like, well, I don't love Medea. So I just what I can't understand. (laughs) Sorry. BET. I I definitely. (laughs) Julie and I would go to the movie theaters and we just say, like, give me the Medea for two. And we don't even know the titles of the movie because we never cared about the titles. We just watched the movie just to watch the movie. Uh, no, am I alone? It was just me and Julie, huh? <laughs> yeah. The movies were terrible, but it was fun. I never watched. Okay, I've only watched two Medea movies, 
and they were both so fucking goddamn awful yes. that I hate Tyler Perry forever. They're I know terrible. I shouldn't say that in case Tyler Perry's casting. Please hire me. <laughs> but uh, also, Tyler Perry, don't write every single fucking show. That, <laughs> like Tyler Perry does not hire writers. He literally writes every single sitcom, every movie. Everything is written by himself, and it shows. And so the first movie I watched was Diary of a Mad Black Woman. And yes. this is when I worked at Tower Records. Um, I know, humble brag. And I was working there. Facilitating yourself, one or the other. <laughs> Sorry, Gen Z. Um, so I worked... No, we lost all the Gen Zs. <laughs> it was like, so I worked at Tower Records. I worked in the video section of Tower Records. And they had to pick one movie a day that they would play on loop all day. And so I had a 10-hour shift where they only played Diary of a Mad Black Woman all <laughs> oh, fucking day. <laughs> And like the first time it was like, this is a bad movie, but then you watch it over and over and you're like, oh, there's a plot hole there. There's a plot hole here. Oh my God, I'm still at this job. And there's three more fucking hours. And I said, watch it. I lost my mind. I know. It was a 10 hour shift. Do you know how long that movie is? One hour and 40 something minutes. I remember. <laughs> Sucks to be you. It really does. Because um, Tyler Berry does not know the meaning of nuance at all. No. He, he takes a large stick and he hits you over the head constantly. And that's what was fun about it. But you only have to watch it once. You poor thing. <laughs> you only watch it once. Everyone knows that. I'm so sorry. It's like you're getting a tattoo over and over again. <laughs> What, what is it? Is long the longest running black show I believe is Tyler Perry's House of Pain, which yeah. feels pretty apt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I think that's the thing. Like being younger, and then like you know, my mom's like, we don't like Tyler Perry movies; they're pretty awful. But it, really, they're just not great. But like the the issue is, there were no other. I, growing up, it was just like Friends, Frasier, Seinfeld. You know, must-see TV was pretty white, you know? So, Anna, uh, like, are you kidding? You literally only watched Frasier. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to appeal to all those Gen Zs that are now wearing French shirts. Um, no, but it, I, it's just upsetting because I think that if, you know, Whitney Houston and the wonderful world of Disney taught us anything, that you can have a beautiful, uh, diverse show and no one even really notices they're like oh great this is just what we should be taking in right but see to Mm -hmm. that point that's interesting because cinderella that version of cinderella is like a a cultural landmark for so many people in their life Mm -hmm. like a, a beautiful movie much much of it is owed to the like power of whitney houston but there's also something to be said about the fact that that movie is you know a uh, colorblind casting or how whatever they their whatever they Get were doing it. their attempt and yeah. yeah and yet I think to myself but also kind of ignoring the the race of the characters or I don't know any sort of like th- there has to be some way to uh, address that without sort of whitewashing over it do you know what I mean like uh, that um, the actor who played the prince. I remember a large part of the like the conversation around that movie was like it's the Asian prince and isn't that remarkable because you know he's not white with blue eyes yeah. and yet I think to myself right but he didn't he wasn't there's no element of he basically played the same exact prince character from every single fairy tale ever which is just you know a mold it's a 
it's an archetype. It's not like there's any nuance or it's like they, they let an Asian actor do it as long as they, they were like, but don't be Asian. Don't tell anyone you're Asian. Okay. <laughs> but it was, yeah, I agree. But it, it's and a kid's I, movie though. It, it should be like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. It's a kid's movie. Right. We're not talking about race because they're children. It's not, a, it's I, not a heavy movie. And we don't want yeah, him to come I, in as a ninja. You know, that's yeah. very <laughs> offensive. <laughs> <laughs> that would be right. wrong. But there's got to be something in between, right? There's got to be something in between. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I agree. Because I think that, like, I was thinking about it recently because I watched... My friend and I, we watched all of this show Vita on Stars, um, which I highly recommend. It's a very good show. And it's this show about these two sisters and their mom passes away um, and basically leaves them this bar to run. And the two sisters find out that their mom was, like, a lesbian and was married to this woman... Um, but the sisters had no idea that the mom was a lesbian or um, had since like come out and became a lesbian. And um, the sisters are uh, Mexican. And it, what was really cool was that like it was on the one hand, like a story. It, I mean, it was a multifaceted because it was a story that was about queerness. But on top of that, it was a story about like, you know, pretty much like any generic story about like, you know, losing your mother and then having to like run this business and trying to understand and fit in. But what I liked is that they did so many things to like make it like ethnic. Like, for example, like the sisters, right. there was a lot of like Spanglish that they didn't even translate. So it was like you didn't get like, oh, they would say, oh, da, 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 da. And they wouldn't translate it at all. So it would just be Spanish and you would either just be like okay, I have to tell from context clues or it would make you look it up. And it was something I really liked. And that's the kind of thing that like black sitcoms, when they get past for the first season, for me that I would always notice is that I would notice it'd be like, oh, they, they would put in like little like African-Americanisms or like um, West Indianisms or other kind of isms to like kind of make it their own and make it more interesting. Oh yeah. Which feels a lot better than just, oh, we're going to cast this race blind, but we're still going to keep it white and generic. We can't say quinceanera on the screen or people are going to freak out. Like (laughs) I, you know what I mean? Like I like when they do things like that. Well, one of the biggest movies that ever came out in 20, what, 2018 or something like that. Maybe it was 2019. Spider-Man into the spider universe, the spider-verse. That yeah. movie about oh, Miles yeah. Morales being, you know, a New Yorkian guy, and that was that was perfect. That was perfection. Like, how do we keep replicating that? Because that was right. great. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is it is it is still fun to go back. You know, even though it's like I saw that so Raven, thanks to Calvin. Uh. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so Raven. And I had to. I had to pay for it though, so I just watched. I just jumped around and like season to season. I'm like, oh, now Good. Raven. Support that, so Raven. Good. <laughs> Give her to Raven Simone. <laughs> Maybe don't... she gets money off that. Maybe she gets a penny off that. I hope so. At Twenty-two God. cents. Twenty-two. Maybe. Well, she's married now, so she's fine. <laughs> yeah, she's doing great. But th- well, there you go. There's a lot of representation there, and there they had the uh, token white girl, which I thought uh, later in the later seasons and stuff, which I'm like. Why are they doing this? I mean, she was a she was a great character. She was fine and stuff like that. But uh, I I just it was a weird thing for them to have. Like Fresh Prince didn't have a token white character other than I mean Carlton doesn't count obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was the weirdest thing. But I guess that was like kind of the transition. I guess to be like ah we're just you know we're just gonna. Throw everything in there and they, they make a stew. Right. <laughs> or, or it's it's more like we're Disney and we're gonna slowly veer away from 
Raven Simone, and then bring in this white friend, and then the sweet life of Zach and Cody, and then Hannah and Santa, and then just slowly notice how they've undone any work that they were trying to do before. Yes. Okay, possibly. Is, That's one take. It is funny because sitcoms <laughs> today, I was reading about this, and they were um, talking about how, like, there was a while in, like, the 2000s, up to, like, I think the early 2010s, where, like, the sitcoms just became overwhelmingly white again because they canceled, mm-hmm. like, a lot of, like, the kind of black and brown and Asian sitcoms because it was the idea was, like, oh, but we're going to do race-blind casting and be more inclusive. But, unfortunately, being more inclusive just meant, like, oh, we're just going to hire white people and have, like, maybe one token ethnic person. Because I remember Nickelodeon used to have this show called Taina, which I really oh, like. Taina. Did you ever see? Taina. <laughs> yeah, I do remember Taina. <laughs> I love that. I would be like, Taina. Like, it was so good. <laughs> Everything swells up at the end, you know? Girlfriends. Yeah, it <laughs> We can attest, Anna really is the one white girl in New Hampshire who was watching black sitcoms. But I don't feel like I was watching enough. Like, I still, like, feel like, you know, like, going to high school and you're like, I'm just watching Even Stevens and right. ER. Right. And it speaks to the well, fact Well, Eric LaSalle that- was in ER. There you go. Oh, Eric LaSalle. Right. Yeah. Well, there's always, they're like, they're like, see, we brought the one person of color in here. So we've, we've, we said, we did it. We did what we were supposed to do. And you're like, oh. <laughs> right. It, like it, the speaks bare to, it speaks to the fact that when you're young, I, I do think that when you're young, you end up digesting a lot more diverse content because, you know, kids aren't sort of ruined by the world yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, like um, Family Matters and mm-hmm. That's So Raven or uh, Moesha, like these shows that sort of play to a younger audience. It's like you don't you end up loving those shows, even if you're, say, like a white girl in New Hampshire, for example, because like it's almost like you haven't been explicitly told not to but implicitly just by your environment, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. your favorite show and your little is that so raven but to you you're kind of you're you're watching it you're aware of maybe some of the like messaging or if they do like you know those nuances of saying that it's a black lead but it's not for you as a youth you're not burdened by it or confused or turned off it's just your favorite show i mean Family Matters is another one where they kind of they did let that family be black. It wasn't I mean, it's a, you know, the ultimate in traditional sitcoms. It's like Full House, Family Matters. But still, they had those like sort of very special moments Mm -hmm. on Family Matters. And yet when you're little, you just love the show. Yeah. So you're not you're not overly dialed into that. It's like you can get you can receive the messaging maybe or those very special episodes because you just love Steve Urkel and you think it's funny. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. it's a spin-off from uh, Perfect Strangers. So uh, I, I love, love Perfect, Perfect Strangers. Strangers. <laughs> so good. Where is Mark I mean, Lynn Baker now? That is our new safe word now because that just makes everyone just sort of somehow <laughs> orgasm at the same time. Uh, Thank you, Carolina, yeah. for capping that off for me. I needed to shut up. And she's like, maybe I should bring up Perfect Strangers? <laughs> That's I was going to ask it. you guys, have you guys, have any of you rewatched Friends? And what do you think about yeah, it? No, it's I haven't not gone good. back. I can't go back. It's not good. Yeah. Go back to Frasier. You can go back to Seinfeld. Friends is not, no. 
I'm sorry. It just does. It didn't age. I mean, it was great when I was 12 or 13 or whatever how old I was, and that was it. And now it's just like ah, uh, I'm glad they made a hundred million dollars each. That's fine. I don't care. But yeah, good for them. <laughs> An episode every minute find, they make a hundred million dollars. I yeah, I find like the worst kind of people are people that are our age that are still talking about friends, in in a way that you're like right friends okay or it's kind of like yeah like yeah i like the office but i feel like the people that were like friends right like you remember the one with the couch <laughs> or now it's kind of like dwight right like and you're like guys like you need you need to get another show or like <laughs> i hope you I, say I, that huh i hope you tell them you need to get another show and then walk away from them <laughs> Whatever bus stop conversation you were having. <laughs> Please check out Girlfriends. Here's the link. I'm now going to transfer to the M train. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Stand clear of the closing doors. And also Friends was like wicked homophobic too. And I mean Girlfriends has its homophobic moments as well. Yeah, it, um, there there were some yeah. episodes that didn't age as well. Uh, of course, I mean that's how it goes. You kind of have to like look at it that way and be like, uh, "Why are you guys being so weird about AIDS?" But then again, they they yeah, put it out there. There was a lot of AIDS. Yes. Episodes. Like I, because I, I definitely remember that. Because I, the first time around, again, in fairness, I didn't watch Girlfriends like straight through by the first time I ever saw it, and so it was weird binge watching it and being like, "Oh, they're like." There's a lot of, like, HIV talk, like, between, like, I don't want to get it. I feel like there were two, at least two episodes where no, characters there, got tested for HIV. And there then like there was a three. There was, like, an arc. There was, like, a whole arc. Yeah. About. But, like, yeah, there was an arc, but there was also then, like, a separate, a whole separate episode that was, like, also HIV-centric. And I was like, we get it. Like, <laughs> wear a condom. I get it. Like, it was so... <laughs> Extra. Is that what you put in your letter to the network, Calvin? I get it. Okay. <laughs> wear a condom. I wear a condom. <laughs> get back to the comedy. <laughs> Calvin, what do you think of different strokes? Because I, my memories of different strokes, I'm pretty sure it was one of these ones that I watched like uh, repeats on like Sunday morning on some random channel, like when it was in syndication. And when I think back on different strokes, I'm like, what the fuck was going on with that show? And some of the topics they, not, not just the, the whole premise, but then I'm like, you know, didn't like, uh, it was like the molestation episode. Oh, yeah. Some, that a, they were doing not. a lot. They did that did not age well. It's so weird because like I, I, I haven't seen Different Strokes in years, but I remembered as a kid watching it a lot because yeah, I remember watching it in syndication. And I remember loving Gary Coleman, and then like I must this must have been like many years ago. I think I was like randomly watching like Me TV or whatever. You know those like channels that like randomly. will just play old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. I guess not that random. If there was a Murphy Brown <laughs> like fucking. You're like I was in my nursing home and uh, <laughs> Murphy was on. <laughs> I love Murphy Brown, Candace Bergen. Anyway, so, and I remember watching it and being like, ooh, because it's weird because the premise is this white guy adopts two black children and, like, is trying to, quote, unquote, like, make them civilized, question mark? It was, like, very, like, ooh, this and is wait, kind so of And wait, so Willis is the guy that adopted them so that's why i was always what are you talking about willis that's the brother that's oh the no brother. willis is the older okay. brother okay 
<laughs> that was, right. it's Mr. Drummond. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I used to watch that show religiously. I loved that show. I was obsessed with that show. Because remember, I came from a place where there were no black people. So the only so my friends were Gary Coleman, <laughs> Gary Coleman, and Will Smith, and Mr. Cooper, and Martin on oh. occasion. Yes. They weren't all on different strokes to our listeners. <laughs> I don't think, right? Yeah. It wasn't one show. It was a crossover <laughs> episode. No, there were none, but if only. If only, I say. That would have been a crossover. <laughs> but I know, I, I guess, like, when you're a kid, you don't, like, really think about those things. Although the, the, pedophile, the pedophile episode, as a kid, I was like, this is strange. I'm uncomfortable. I need to. I need to walk away from this. But I. I love yeah. that show. For some reason, Gary Coleman just did it for me. I, in a weird way. Not. Not in a sexual way, obviously. But like, he was oh, like, no. my. He. I wanted him to be my best friend. <laughs> Wait. So not. Not to like harp on the pedophilia episode because it's not as um, burned into my memory as everybody else's. <laughs> but was it like a stranger danger situation or? Uh, it was. It was. It, it was, was uh, the the bicycle man. He owned yeah. a bicycle shop, and he was taking. Um, Take your time, John. Was, I know it's he was, sorry. traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> he was like feeding the kids ice cream, and then it wasn't Gary Coleman's character that got molested. It was like the other kid off camera, and then they kind of end the episode with Mr. Drummond explaining. Like, he's what you call a pedophile. It was pretty, I mean, it was pretty heavy-handed, but kudos to them for tackling it. But, man, that was like, they didn't, there's, there wasn't a lot of nuance there. I mean, that old man character was literally, like, kind of, like, caressing the shoulders of the young actors. And yeah. it, was, it, was, it was like a punch mm-hmm. in the face yeah. as, as far as, they like, content They took that goes. actor to the city limits of Hollywood and said, you're done working <laughs> here now. <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. That was probably his like big break too. He's like, yeah, I'm like a featured character this week, honey. You gotta watch. I got an I got an over six. It's great. Oh, (laughs) maybe not this. But that's very typical of the '80s sitcoms too. They always just totally. It wasn't like they weren't looking to figure out a way to work it in gently amidst the comedy. It was just like, here's some jokes and then here's something terrifying on this week's episode. Right. I think I remember an episode where punky Brewster was. uh, Oh, the refrigerator episode. Was that that the one you're thinking about when the little girl, doesn't the girl die in the fridge? Oh. Sorry, I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> Google that. I, you know, I, can you I, Google that live? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like this is some sort of uh, some sort of lore that uh, urban legend. <laughs> actually, I feel like this is like a support group all of a sudden, like <laughs> <laughs> for sitcoms, <laughs> sitcoms that traumatized you. Oh, by the way, not to circle back to the um, M word, <laughs> but. Uh, thankfully, none of the children were molested, but one was drugged and almost molested. Oh, he didn't get molested. Oh, thank God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel slightly better about my horrible scarred memories from that. Um, yes, you you are you... correct. You are correct about the refrigerator refrigerator episode where it involved a small child nearly suffocating to death in an abandoned refrigerator. And this is why we're still alive today, I guess, because of all (laughs) these sitcoms.
<laughs> you guys, I'm holding my styrofoam cup with coffee in it right now, but I'm going to shut the door on this uh, this uh, support group and say, I just watched five episodes of Living Single. Oh, oh Living Single. Yeah. I love Living now, Single. Now we're talking. The original friends. The real friends. The real friends. Mm-hmm. Say that again. Yeah, mm, I agree. I love Living Single. I, I remember Living Single. I remember watching Living Single and thinking like uh, at the end of one episode, they had Queen Latifah rapping and I was like, oh, she's really good at that. She should do that. Not <laughs> having any idea that well, that's what she does. Well, even the to Living Single is like probably one of the greatest theme songs of all time, you know? Keep your head up, right? Keep your head up. That's right. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Have we touched on our, our entire history of black sitcoms? I mean, we might have to do a part two, or at least after this recording, live watch some of them together. Yes, I'd love that. Yes, we should absolutely do that after we go through our molester episode next week. <laughs> and then another thing, and then, and then we'll get back to Moesha, it. I just want to watch Moesha, and Anna just wants to watch Cinderella over and over again, so maybe we can combine everything. <laughs> I want to watch Sister Sister, honestly. It keeps popping up as a suggestion on Netflix, and I kind of want to see if that aged well. I mean, it's enjoyable, but I mean, like, as a person in your 30s, like, it was great when you were, like, you know, 12. I I found, I also found, like, half and half, I felt a little too old for. I was like, ooh, I wish I had found this in, like, high school, because, like, living on your own for the first time would have been really exciting, and now it's like, I rather watch things about like miscarriages, you know. Like, I just feel like- <laughs> okay, now we should. <laughs> now is where we all We've just- gone off the rails. We started with talking far. about something traumatic with an M, and we are going to end with something traumatic with an M. There so. we go. This has been our molester episode. <laughs> okay, positive note. Please do watch Moesha. Thank you. And also, please follow us on Instagram. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was the time for the plug there. (laughs) Thanks for listening to us ramble. Send us love, support, and topics by sliding into our DMs on Instagram at Professional Friends Podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review and give us five stars. It really helps with our self-esteem. See you next week.